0: chapter 7 of volume 2 of the mysterious island this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the mysterious island by jules verne translated by william henry giles kingston volume 2 chapter 7 the settlers in lincoln island had now regained their dwelling without having been obliged to reach it by the old opening and were therefore spared the trouble of mason's work it was certainly lucky that at the moment they were about to set out to do so the apes had been seized with that terror no less sudden than inexplicable which had driven them out of granite house had the animals discovered that they were about to be attacked from another direction this was the only explanation of their sudden retreat during the day the bodies of the apes were carried into the wood where they were buried then the settlers busied themselves in repairing the disorder caused by the intruders disorder but not damage for although they had turned everything in the rooms topsy-turvy yet they had broken nothing neb relighted his stove and the stores in the larder furnished a substantial repast to which all did ample justice jupe was not forgotten and he ate with relish some stone-pine almonds and rhizome roots with which he was abundantly supplied pencroft had unfastened his arms but judged it best to have his legs tied until they were more sure of his submission then before retiring to rest harding and his companions seated round their table discussed those plans the execution of which was most pressing the most important and most urgent was the establishment of a bridge over the mercy so as to form a communication with the southern part of the island and granite house then the making of an enclosure for the musmans or other woolly animals which they wished to capture These two projects would help solve the difficulty as to their clothing, which was now serious. The bridge would render easy the transport of the balloon case, which would furnish them with linen, and the inhabitants of the enclosure would yield wool, which would supply them with winter clothes. As to the enclosure, it was Cyrus Harding's intention to establish it at the sources of the Red Creek, where the ruminants would find fresh and abundant pasture the road between prospect heights and the sources of the streams was already partly beaten and with a better cart than the first the material could be easily conveyed to the spot especially if they could manage to capture some animals to draw it but though there might be no inconvenience in the enclosure being so far from granite house it would not be the same with the poultry-yard to which neb called the attention of the colonists it was indeed necessary that the birds should be close within reach of the cook and no place appeared more favourable for the establishment of the said poultry-yard than that portion of the banks of the lake which was close to the old opening water birds would prosper there as well as others and the couple of titimas taken in their last excursion would be the first to be domesticated the next day the third of november the new works were begun by the construction of the bridge and all hands were required for this important task saws hatchets and hammers were shouldered by the settlers who now transformed into carpenters descended to the shore there pencroff observed suppose that during our absence master jupe takes it into his head to draw up the ladder which he so politely returned to us yesterday let us tie its lower end down firmly replied cyrus harding this was done by means of two stakes securely fixed in the sand then the settlers ascending the left bank of the mercy soon arrived at the angle formed by the river There they halted in order to ascertain if the bridge could be thrown across. The place appeared suitable. In fact, from this spot to Port Balloon, discovered the day before on the southern coast, there was only a distance of three miles and a half, and from the bridge to the port it would be easy to make a good cart road, which would render the communication between Granite House and the south of the island extremely easy cyrus harding now imparted to his companions a scheme for completely isolating prospect heights so as to shelter it from the attacks both of quadrupeds and quadrumana in this way granite house the chimneys the poultry-yard and all the upper part of the plateau which was to be used for cultivation would be protected against the depredations of animals nothing could be easier than to execute this project and this is how the engineer intended to set to work the plateau was already defended on three sides by watercourses either artificial or natural on the northwest by the shores of lake grant from the entrance of the passage to the breach made in the banks of the lake for the escape of the water on the north from this breach to the sea by the new watercourse, which had hollowed out a bed for itself across the plateau and shore above and below the fall and it would be enough to dig the bed of this creek a little deeper to make it impracticable for animals on all the eastern border by the sea itself from the mouth of the aforesaid creek to the mouth of the mercy lastly on the south from the mouth to the turn of the mercy where the bridge was to be established the western border of the plateau now remained between the turn of the river and the southern angle of the lake a distance of about a mile which was open to all comers but nothing could be easier than to dig a broad deep ditch which could be filled from the lake and the overflow of which would throw itself by a rapid fall into the bed of the mercy The level of the lake would, no doubt, be somewhat lowered by this fresh discharge of its waters, but Cyrus Harding had ascertained that the volume of water in the Red Creek was considerable enough to allow the execution of this project so then added the engineer prospect heights will become a regular island being surrounded by water on all sides and only communicating with the rest of our domain by the bridge which we are about to throw across the mercy the two little bridges already established above and below the fall and lastly two other little bridges which must be constructed one over the canal which i propose to dig the other across to the left bank of the mercy now if these bridges can be raised at will prospect heights will be guarded from any surprise the bridge was the most urgent work trees were selected cut down stripped of their branches and cut into beams joists and planks the end of the bridge which rested on the right bank of the mercy was to be firm but the other end on the left bank was to be movable so that it might be raised by means of a counterpoise as some canal bridges are managed this was certainly a considerable work and though it was skilfully conducted it took some time for the mercy at this place was eighty feet wide it was therefore necessary to fix piles in the bed of the river so as to sustain the floor of the bridge and establish a pile-driver to act on the tops of these piles which would thus form two arcs and allow the bridge to support heavy loads happily there was no want of tools with which to shape the wood nor of iron-wood to make it firm nor of the ingenuity of a man who had a marvellous knowledge of the work nor, lastly, the zeal of his companions, who in seven months had necessarily acquired great skill in the use of their tools. And it must be said that not the least skilful was Gideon Spilett, who in dexterity almost equalled the sailor himself. Who would have expected so much from a newspaper man? thought Pencroft. The construction of the Mercy Bridge lasted three weeks of regular hard work, they even breakfasted it on the scene of their labours and the weather being magnificent they only returned to granite house to sleep during this period it may be stated that master jup grew more accustomed to his new masters whose movements he always watched with very inquisitive eyes however as a precautionary measure pencroft did not as yet allow him complete liberty rightly wishing to wait until the limits of the plateau should be settled by the projected works top and jup were good friends and played willingly together but jup did everything solemnly on the twentieth of november the bridge was finished the movable part balanced by the counterpoise swung easily and only a slight effort was needed to rise it between its hinge and the last crossbar on which it rested when closed there existed a space of twenty feet which was sufficiently wide to prevent any animals from crossing the settlers now began to talk of fetching the balloon case which they were anxious to place in perfect security but to bring it it would be necessary to take a cart to port balloon and consequently necessary to beat a road through the dense forest to the far west this would take some time also neb and pencroft having gone to examine into the state of things at port balloon and reported that the stock of cloth would suffer no damage in the grotto where it was stored it was decided that the work at prospect heights should not be discontinued that observed pencroft will enable us to establish our poultry-yard under better conditions since we need have no fear of visits from foxes nor the attacks of other beasts then added neb we can clear the plateau and transplant wild plants to it and prepare our second cornfield cried the sailor with a triumphant air in fact the first cornfield sown with a single grain had prospered admirably thanks to pencroft's care it had produced the ten ears foretold by the engineer and each ear containing eighty grains the colony found itself in possession of eight hundred grains in six months which promised a double harvest each year these eight hundred grains except fifty which were prudently reserved were to be sown in a new field but with no less care than was bestowed on the single grain the field was prepared then surrounded with a strong palisade high and pointed which quadrupeds would have found difficulty in leaping as to birds some scarecrows due to pencroft's ingenious brain were enough to frighten them The seven hundred and fifty grains deposited in very regular furrows were then left for nature to do the rest. On the twenty-first of November, Cyrus Harding began to plan the canal which was to close the plateau from the west, from the south angle of Lake Grant to the angle of the Mercy. There there were two or three feet of vegetable earth, and below that the granite. It was therefore necessary to manufacture some more nitroglycerin and the nitroglycerin did its accustomed work. In less than a fortnight a ditch, twelve feet wide and six deep, was dug out in the hard ground of the plateau. A new trench was made by the same means in the rocky border of the lake, forming a small stream, to which they gave the name of Creek glycerine and which was thus an affluent of the Mercy. As the engineer had predicted, the level of the lake was lowered, though very slightly to complete the enclosure the bed of the stream on the beach was considerably enlarged and the sand supported by means of stakes by the end of the first fortnight of december these works were finished and prospect heights that is to say a sort of irregular pentagon having a perimeter of nearly four miles surrounded by a liquid belt was completely protected from predators of every description during the month of december the heat was very great in spite of it however the settlers continued their work and as they were anxious to possess a poultry-yard they forthwith commenced it it is useless to say that since the enclosing of the plateau had been completed master jup had been set at liberty he did not leave his masters and evinced no wish to escape he was a gentle animal though very powerful and wonderfully active he was already taught to make himself useful by drawing loads of wood and carting away the stones which were extracted from the bed of Creek glycerin the poetry yard occupied an area of two hundred square yards on the southeastern bank of the lake it was surrounded by a palisade, and in it were constructed various shelters for the birds which were to populate it. These were built simply of branches and divided into compartments made ready for the expected guests. The first were the two titimas, which were not long in having a number of young ones. They had for companions half a dozen ducks accustomed to the borders of the lake. Some belonged to the Chinese species, of which the wings opened like a fan and which by the brilliancy of their plumage rival the golden pheasants a few days afterwards herbert snared a couple of gallinaceae with spreading tails composed of long feathers magnificent electors, which soon became tame as to pelicans kingfishers water-hens they came of themselves to the shores of the poultry-yard and this little community after some disputes cooing screaming clucking ended by settling down peacefully and increased in encouraging proportion for the future use of the colony cyrus harding wishing to complete his performance established a pigeon-house in a corner of the poultry-yard there he lodged a dozen of those pigeons which frequented the rocks of the plateau the birds soon became accustomed to returning every evening to their new dwelling and showed more disposition to domesticate themselves in their congeners the wood-pigeons lastly the time had come for turning the balloon case to use by cutting it up to make shirts and other articles for as to keeping it in its present form and risking themselves in a balloon filled with gas above a sea the limits of which they had no idea was not to be thought of it was necessary to bring the case to granite house and the colonists employed themselves in rendering their heavy cart lighter and more manageable but though they had a vehicle the moving power was yet to be found but did not there exist on the island some animal which might supply the place of the horse axe or ox that was the question certainly said pencroft a beast of burden would be very useful to us until the captain has made a steam-cart or even an engine for some day we shall have a railroad from granite house to port balloon with a branch line to mount franklin one day the twenty-third of december ned and tup were heard shouting and barking each apparently trying to see who could make the most noise the settlers who were busy at the chimneys ran fearing some vexatious incident what did they see two fine animals of a large size that had imprudently ventured on the plateau when the bridges were open one might have said they were horses or at least donkeys male and female of a fine shape dove-coloured the legs and tail white striped with black on the head and neck they advanced quietly without showing any uneasiness and gazed at the men in whom they could not as yet recognize their future masters these are onagers cried herbert animal something between the zebra and quagga why not donkeys asked neb because they have not long ears and their shape is more graceful donkeys or horses interrupted pencroft they are moving powers as the captain would say and as such must be captured the sailor without frightening the animals crept through the grass to the bridge over creek lowered it and the onagers were prisoners now should they seize them with violence and master them by force no it was decided that for a few days they should be allowed to roam freely about the plateau where there was an abundance of grass and the engineer immediately began to prepare a stable near the poultry-yard in which the onagers might find food with a good litter and shelter during the night this done the movements of the two magnificent creatures were left entirely free and the settlers avoided even approaching them so as to terrify them several times however the onagers appeared to wish to leave the plateau too confined for animals accustomed to the plains and forests they were then seen following the water barrier which everywhere presented itself before them uttering short neighs then galloping through the grass and becoming calmer they would remain entire hours gazing at the woods from which they were cut off for ever in the meantime harness of vegetable fibre had been manufactured and some days after the capture of the onagers not only the cart was ready but a straight road or rather a cutting had been made through the forests of the far west from the angle of the mercy to port balloon the cart might then be driven there and towards the end of december they tried the onagers for the first time pencroft had already coached the animals to come and eat out of his hand and they allowed him to approach without making any difficulty but once harnessed they reared and could with difficulty be held in however it was not long before they submitted to this new service for the onager being less refractory than the zebra is frequently put in harness in the mountainous regions of southern africa and it has even been acclimatized in europe under zones of, of relative coolness on this day all the colony except pencraft who walked at the animal's head mounted the cart and set out on the road to port Boulain of course they were jolted over the somewhat rough road but the vehicle arrived without any accident and was soon loaded with the case and rigging of the balloon at eight o'clock that evening the cart after passing over the mercy bridge descended the left bank of the river and stopped on the beach the Onagers, being unharnessed, were thence led to their stable and Pencroft, before going to sleep, gave vent to his feelings in a deep sigh of satisfaction that awoke all the echoes of Granite House. End of chapter Seven.